Hey everyone, uh, welcome to another episode of Isotope. Uh, we were talking a lot about different types of careers in startups and different types of careers in SaaS, and that is when uh, it occurred to me and Vignesh uh, that uh, you know we haven't touched upon the HR part of the hiring process, right? We have talked about careers, we have talked about uh, roles and responsibilities of any career, but we've never talked about the HR side of it. When you look at it, HRs, HR professionals are the representation of the company uh, when it comes to employees or potential employees, right? And uh, they often con- uh, they often are in the forefront conveying the good news or the bad news to employees, And but nobody knows their side of the story. It's like how a hiring process is done in a company or you know what are the hurdles or what are the roadblocks that they face on an everyday basis so we don't know a lot of these things so uh we thought that we'd find uh, find an excellent recruiter to uh talk to every one of us in order to uh, make us understand the process that's involved behind hiring a candidate and you know the do's and don'ts that candidates should do uh, or should make a note of when they're talking to uh, HR professionals. So we wanted to cover all these things in this session. A quick introduction about Manoj. Uh, Manoj is a good friend of mine and I've known we've known each other for over five years and he has over nine years of experience in recruiting. He's currently the recruiter for Amazon and uh, he has worked with companies like Freshworks and Uber where he has recruited excellent talent for these companies and uh, he's uh, he's passionate about cycling. He reads a lot. He's also a writer. Like he wrote a couple of books on Amazon, and he's an amazing speaker as well. So uh, I'm really happy to have Manoj uh, with us today. Welcome to the webinar, Manoj. Thank you. Thank you so much, Karthik. That was, I mean, a kind of a very overwhelming introduction for me. Uh, Manoj, we'll start a little bit of background about yourself. Uh, maybe you can tell. Uh, people hear about how you came into the recruiting space, maybe your journey into recruiting. Uh, uh, you know, potential this also give them an insight on not just about the hiring process, but also about building a career in HR or building a career in recruiting. So can we start with that? Sure. Um, so, I mean, as you already covered uh, that I have about nine years of experience into recruiting. And uh, uh, so how did I get into recruiting is like, um, I mean, I always, I'm always a firm believer where one has to play to their strengths, right? So you have to always play to your strengths and going back uh, in time, nine years. So where, uh, like every other person, I mean, people who are here or I mean, every other person who might talk with, I was also one of the pro- uh, person who took engineering out of compulsion. So I wasn't in all that keen on taking up engineering and post uh, this I, I mean I was also not keen in taking up a, a job in what I studied so um, my initial uh, career was with some BPO and call center where I took up a couple of jobs and uh, this is where I basically analyzed what my strengths are so when I initially took up uh, BPO jobs one thing which I analyzed about myself is I can talk I can communicate to people so this was actually the first uh, thing which I identified about myself and on the other side when I say I can communicate I I, I basically uh, I'm I felt I'm good at establishing a communication with a new person I mean like even be it interviews or be it with any people whom you talk with I, I was able to communicate with them and uh, secondly I was actually living with a group of friends during my college day so right after the college we we all we all started hunting for jobs together and Right from those days, what we basically do is we uh, post all those uh, 
tiresome days where you go to a lot of companies, you know, give your CVs. We get back to the uh, get back to my house together, and we used to uh, basically share our interview experiences together. So, how did the interview go? What were some of the some of the questions that were asked? And and also, when I speak about my experience with BPO, I would uh, I mean thanks to those fifteen days of time where you get with any call center you join, right? So when you join a call center, you these fifteen days of a time in a uh, call center is called a honeymoon period. So basically you get a kind of lot of calm skills training there where they say how do you talk how do you empathize sympathize so everything was kind of learning to me and after uh, some point in time on the other side i was also helping my colleagues to write their resumes and i also talk to them about how they present their, present themselves in the interview some of the do's and don'ts with them so uh, so what do i do with all these strengths was next big question for me and again i was very lucky enough so one of my neighbor was running a, a recruiting agency so it was a, a a kind of a boutique usit recruiting firm so uh, all uh, we had to do is we had to identify software engineers for some of the companies which are at us so day in and day out we have to talk with people who are based out of us uh, so typically my day starts in the evening uh, i mean like i never uh, uh, i mean i did not contribute all that great to the company because i considered myself as an intern there um, so i basically uh, uh, observed people how do they talk to the candidates what what are some of the things they talk about and i also took two or three cases out of it and i started speaking so that is how i started learning on a higher level after it uh, so uh, i mean i got landed into my first full time job so which was again with a recruiting agency uh, so uh, one thing uh, with the i mean when i was talking about the bpo companies they do have a kind of a 15 day classroom training but when you get into a recruiting agency right at least as far as i am concerned uh, i mean you don't have any kind of training so it is all learning by doing so when i was uh, in my first recruiting agency job it was a team of 300 recruiters and i and you had to survive among all those 300 uh, so that is when i started all by myself i learned how the job boards work how do you basically search for candidates and how do you uh, basically uh, talk to candidates so it was all learning by doing but having said all these things right so i was having one thing very much open so i had a very open mind so only when you have a open mind you will be able to gather lot of things so i also believe that there is always something to learn from someone be it a fresher who sits next to you or the leader whom you report to so you have you always have something to uh, learn from someone so my i mean my initial two years was completely of learning so typically if you look at a recruiting agency right they don't work at work with one particular company so they work with a kind of multiple companies multiple domains so all that came as a learning to me and after two years i was fall i was following a recruiting agency for quite some time so it was a kind of a unique firm where they work only for startups so when i basically decided that i had to make a move out of uh, the traditional recruiting things i i did not have any other thought or i i did not even apply to any other job so i uh, checked with the company if they are hiring and one of my good friend was also working there so he told me that the company is looking for uh, uh, recruiters and that is when i joined and that is where i basically called that as a golden period so i was exposed to startups like never before i was basically uh, um, i mean i 
I mean, I was literally amazed with the technology and things which these startups are trying to solve. Um, so that is how my journey was. And then after it, it was completely learning and uh, I mean, getting into all those product companies and currently with Amazon. So to sum up, I would say like my entire journey has been full of learning. Uh, and um, I, I mean, I'm, I'm very lucky enough to associate with people whom I have learned a lot. So this is how I would sum up my journey as. Awesome, awesome. Uh, that 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 was a nice uh, that was a nice short uh, intro into you know how you became a recruiter. So thanks for that. So now let's let's focus a little bit on the hiring process. So uh, I just wanted to start with the most basic questions. Like how does the hiring process work in a startup? Like how does it work from end to end, right from discovering the right candidate to rolling them out and all. Okay. So uh, for any company, right, be it a traditional company which you have or be it a kind of a startup with, which you associate with, the first and foremost phase is basically the requirement gathering. So this is the place where um, you basically uh, understand what the requirement is all about. And uh, for, I mean, especially when you work with a startup, right, it is not just about the requirement. It is about what the company does in general. So what is a USP? I mean, when we are talking to a candidate who comes from a larger company, why should one join in a startup so this particular phase which we call the requirement gathering phase basically sums up the the technical skills what they are working on and also what does this person do i mean how does his profile basically uh, gets a value addition when they uh, basically get into this kind of a particular role so that is the first phase and in the second phase uh, we, uh, we i mean the second phase which is called sourcing so once we basically consume what are some of the good to have skills and what are the must have skills and how what is the USP of the company, that is when we start uh, uh, looking out for candidates. So I call it sourcing where we start looking out for candidates and at a resume level or at a profile level, we basically check if this is the right fitment for the role. So we leverage multiple platforms like uh, LinkedIn. Now, I mean, these days, LinkedIn is kind of the only platform which most of the companies use. And, uh, and there are... I mean, plenty of other uh, sourcing tools and pl plenty of other places where you can discover the candidate as well. And once you, uh, uh, like, I mean, once you source or once you keep a stack of all the uh, sourced candidates, you start screening them. So when I say screening, you get into a, a kind of a communication with them. You establish a communication with them. You have a very, very detailed call with them. So this particular phase, I would also like to call call out one, one thing very special is there's a kind of a very huge difference when you when you represent a startup or when you represent a, a traditional company. So when you represent a traditional company, right? Even when you say the name of the company, so let's take a, a TCS or CTS here, for example. When I say I'm representing TCS, uh, that doesn't require any big introduction, right? So people are aware of the company. What are they all about? So my pitch to those candidates will be more around what is the role we are looking out for. So what kind of role it is and what are some of the responsibilities they do. But when they are pitching for a startup, uh, right, it is like a very, very, very important and a very tricky situation. First of all, when I say the name of the company, it need not be a mandatory thing for the candidate to be aware of it, right? So they have, they will be busy and they have their own set of companies which they wanted to work for. So that is a place where you play a kind of a, a CEO, where you own the company or the startup. And you basically talk about the company first. What do they do? What is the USP? And what is their total team strength? Where are they headquartered in? And what, where are the founders coming from their pedigree? And then you finally get into the, uh, the technical or the functional skill sets. So this is how the pitch will essentially vary. 
and the next phase which is shortlisting or selection this is where they go through a bunch of interview process within the company and uh, and finally when we say the offer of salary negotiation that is the uh, uh, the step where we basically get into their uh, offer negotiations salary negotiations and then on, this also includes uh, their uh, post offer engagement so we had to keep engaging with the candidate because considering today's market right so there are a lot of companies i, I would say almost every company is hiring so uh, post offer engagement also plays a kind of a very very crucial role in the hiring process now let's dive a little deeper into the candidate discovery process now. So I would like to uh, talk about that a little bit more. So how do you filter out or shortlist these candidates? Like at a at a, at a sourcing level, right? When you when we talk about sourcing, right after requirement gathering. So how do you filter out? Like what are the criteria? Or what do you look for in a candidate when you are trying to source them? I mean, like this is my favorite or the most interesting phase of the process because this basically comes as a kind of a creative approach i mean these days so i'll tell you how i mean when you say about sourcing right i would like to take sourcing and screening into the discovery process so filtering out a candidate basically takes part at two levels one is at a resume level and one is after the conversation you have right so let us first look at what happens at a resume level so at a resume level we basically uh, uh, look at two important aspects. So um, the moment I look at a resume, I mean, as a recruiter, what I basically do is I do a keyword search. So when I say a keyword search, the keyword search is basically all those skill sets you see in a job description. So to quote an example here, if they say I'm looking at a uh, at a backend developer with Java and any, I, I mean, Spring framework experience, those Java, Spring and I mean, if they say they have to be good with data structures, algorithms, these kind of things, those things becomes my keywords or for a uh, product management role. If they look at specifically on product roadmap, product positioning, these kind of things, those are some of the keywords which I enter into my search criteria. So I would basically look at, uh, I mean, I would basically screen or source the candidates based on the skill set. But having said that, skill is very, very static here, right? So, uh, I mean, say, for example, we, we can basically differentiate uh, the level, I mean, the roles into various job functions. So engineering, product engineering is one job function and product management is a function, product marketing is a function, right? So the skill sets for these things remains the same unless and until there are few changes here and there based on the level you look at. So that is the first search which I do and roles and responsibilities. So I would basically call roles and responsibilities as the heart of any job description. And this immensely varies with each and every level and even for a traditional company to a startup. So uh, to take, since we are talking more about a startup here, right? So for a startup, what kind of candidates we ideally look at? So we ideally look at their skill sets on one side, but on the other side, we basically look at have they worked on things from the scratch because when you go into a startup right there are startups are in general there you you can basically see a lot of mess and a lot of chaos that is happening within the company because that is they are basically in the growth phase and they might be looking out for funding they would be massively expanding the team so you can never expect a culture or you never expect i mean this is the work you can't focus on one work which you will do so you have to basically be a person where you can take up a lot of initiatives and you should have worked on a lot of things. So that is where 
we basically look at candidates on what are some of the roles and responsibilities they have worked on. So when we say roles and responsibilities, have they worked on any features or any product from the scratch? Have they taken up any kind of extra initiatives or um, have they been a part of the place where, where they have built a product from zero to one? Especially when we look at product managers, have they been a part of a product which they have built from zero to one? So this all basically kind of plays a very, very major role. So be it skill on one side, but roles and responsibilities is very, very important when we are screening a candidate for a startup. Uh, is there a way that a resume or CV should be written so that it plays a major role uh, in getting into the selection pool? And second, we'll talk a little bit about LinkedIn because you've said that LinkedIn is uh, is predominantly used in order to source candidates. Let's also talk about you know how to uh, the keyword, how to end up in the keyword search uh, when someone is looking for a candidate or looking for potential candidates for a job. So first, let's start with this resume or CV part. So is there a way that a resume or CV should be written so that it, uh, it favors the candidate and gets them into the selection? Okay, sure. So, uh, I mean, like, even before we get to the uh, the resume preparation, right? I mean, I have a three-step approach here. Uh, I mean, how uh, we basically approach. But even before you get into, uh, like, say, for example, now you have made up your mind that you are going to look out for a job. I mean, like, the great resignation, which is, like, being called everywhere so every person has started looking out for a job so once you start i mean looking at the market right i mean i would basically encourage people to ask certain questions to themselves uh, so one is what should my next opportunity look like so uh, if if you say that hey i have spent enough time um, in in terms of one particular role so I, my my current role is very very narrowed down and in my next role i had to basically uh, look at an end to end place where i can take up a product do the design development involve in the entire activities right so if this is what you are looking at so i would say like um, what is it you are missing in your current opportunity that you are looking at in your uh, next opportunity and where you wanted to go so when i say where you wanted to go should I go for a startup or should I go for an established company or should I be a part of any kind of the fan companies, which you call Facebook, Amazon, Google, whatever it is. So, and if, and if you are a part of your services company and you are desperate that I have to go into a product company, what are some of the things I have to do? So the next step is basically the preparation step. So what next I would suggest the person to do is go through the job descriptions of these companies. So how do the job description traditionally looks like? So say, for example, uh, a job description written for a kind of a traditional services company will differ from product company, as I told before. So look at those things and see if you are already getting there or if you need any preparation. So once you feel that, yes, I am prepared or once you feel these are the areas where I have to prepare and these are some of the things which I have worked on. That is when you start working on your resume because nowadays what ha happens is um, even though I have a list of companies where I have to go for, even though I am aware of the list, some of the list of companies uh, where I have to go for, um, people are kind of uh, uh, interested in startups because of the monetary benefits because I mean when you work for a startup you have a lot of benefits, you have a lot of things like attractive terms like perks, benefits, ESOPs, RSUs, etc. So you have a lot of benefits, but do you want it to work at a startup or not? If you say you wanted to work at a startup, startup is not for the place where you can basically chill. Startup is the place where you have a lot, lots and lots of work to do. So when you're 
basically bucketing companies where you wanted to work for if startup is one among those i would strongly suggest you to go through their job description and feel see that if you are kind of getting there or if you are a right fit so now that you have done all these things this is when you go back to your resume and see or this is when you reflect back on your projects where you have worked on what kind of things you have done so a lot, lot of places what happens is i've seen a lot of resumes where i talk to candidates don't reflect what they have done in their projects in their cv so if you i mean in few cvs i have seen places where for all the projects their roles and responsibilities would have remained the same but when we talk to a candidate say for example when i'm talking to a candidate where i ask the design experience would have not been mentioned in their uh, in their uh, cv but when i ask about design experience they would say yeah yeah i have done in this project but that resume part it is missing so that is when you have to take a look at the cv and say okay this is the project where i have done exceptionally well this is where i have done uh, contributed a lot this is one side of things and on the other side there are a lot of places to showcase your abilities these days right for a, for a developer you basically have your github stack overflow in case you are active there or in case you have a lot of projects you can basically share those links or if you are a person who frequently uses hacker rank lead code these kind of platforms i would strongly suggest you to mention those things because that basically showcases your skill at a various level so that is one side of things or if you are a designer a product designer or a visual designer i would i mean putting a kind of a design portfolio be it product design or visual design portfolio is very very mandatory i mean i have seen uh, i mean a lot of cases again here where when i talk to the candidate portfolio link would have been missing so even though they have an nda signed with their current company they would have got a lot of personal projects which they would have worked on so i would strongly suggest them to have these things or even for a content writer they should have their sample works i mean some kind of work sample links which the resume i mean the the person can readily go up to and basically look at so i would say these are some of the things they have to mention on and um, apart from it when you look at what are some of the things that should have been a cv i mean their objective uh, companies which where they are working on what i mean as i uh, resonated i mean the roles and responsibilities and most most important skills which they have actually worked on and skills which they are just aware of so there is a large difference here right so when i talk to a person or when i talk to a candidate we also invest a time and they also invest some time on us so when we are talking to all them they would have known a skill or they would have been aware of a skill which they would have mentioned in the resume and my job description basically tells that skill is mandatory so just because my my skill search throwed up this resume i would spend some time with the person i would have given all this introduction and finally the person says i haven't worked in this skill and i'm just aware of skill so that is basically the place where the the time gets wasted on both the end so as a recruiter or any recruiter for that matter we basically look at creating a kind of a win win situation for candidates so i would say please take these things into consideration while you are uh, uh, preparing a cv uh, and apart from it your achievements if you have worked on any kind of pred projects you would have won in any kind of hackathons please do mention it and as i told previously uh, i mean if you are uh, looking at kind of projecting some of your work samples that is also absolutely fine and if you are a fresher uh, so this is where it's very important right if you are a fresher i would basically suggest you all to sign up on any of these platforms and start building your profile because i mean it might sound very easy for me to tell just sign up on the platform but this really shows your passion because for a fresher i mean freshers are uh, i mean showing their passion at various levels i mean no matter what education background you come from but if you are passionate in a particular field and if you are looking at 
uh, getting into that particular field say for example software development is your particular area what have you done or what kind of work have you done to basically get into that particular place so this is where you had to explore a lot of platforms uh, and uh, showcase i mean solve a lot of problems uh, i mean i would strongly suggest get into hackathons get into any kind of github start coding start learning by yourself there are a lot of videos where you can learn by yourself get some good certification so i mean these are some of the perspectives which i ideally see and I, also for freshers i would strongly suggest these things to be covered up when they are looking at uh, getting into one particular job so let's uh, let's talk a little bit about the keyword search on linkedin uh not so you, that is the second part of the question like i asked before right so uh is there, are there any anything that candidates should look for specifically when they are preparing their linkedin profile or when they are setting up their linkedin profile so coming to linkedin profile right yes i mean linkedin plays a very major role i mean most of my search or most of the recruiters whom i i have heard of or i'm like even with the new companies i mean i think linkedin almost occupies 87% of your sourcing funnel so that is what the data says so having said that whenever you are creating a profile or if you already have a profile on linkedin uh, whatever i told you right uh, i mean if you are kind of a problem solver or if you are a kind of a an, I, i mean if you are a kind of a person who is very active or a hackathon uh, problem solver or a very active person on area platforms i would ask you to uh, i mean basically put the, put these in their headline so what you in linkedin you basically have your profile photo and you have your name and beneath it please mention all these things i mean if you are a java developer and you have done something or you are a java developer who has built things from the scratch don't hesitate to mention it because we are searching from linkedin these days and we are even exporting resumes from linkedin these days nowkri is a place where it is it has nowkri has now become a traditional way of looking at things i mean nowkri is a, is there i mean nowkri has a huge database and i would never say nowkri is not not so useful tool but wherever we go right wherever we source or wherever we see i mean i can talk about all those fancy ai tools which stack ranks people on their skill set whatever being said our ultimate destination has been linkedin so at least once once one when we talk to a candidate the first thing we do is look at their linkedin profile so uh, that is one thing mention all the skill sets you have worked on and uh, other search which we do is mentioning their kind of designations in the right way i mean in the law, in a lot of places they they miss out i mean they just say they are an engineer or they just say they are a developer or they i mean that designations plays a matter because ideally when we are looking at people for kind of product companies we traditionally look at people who have worked as a back end developer or a software development engineer or the designation would have been a member technical staff these kind of designation so designation again plays a very major role and if they are certified in a in a in a, in a particular place where they are a, i mean they are a java certified professional or if there he is he or she is an architect if they are certified please do mention those certifications also or if mentioned you can even mention your key i mean headline as a certified ux professional or a certified architect working with this company so these are some of the things which we will look at but on a search point of view i ideally look at uh, a kind of a keyword search and there are certain terms which a kind of a person from product company uses so say for example if i'm talking on engineering perspective uh, some like people would have worked on keywords like distributed systems microservices architecture data structures algorithms i mean if you are aware of these concepts um, uh, i mean going back to what i answered previously right if you feel that the job description is a right match and you have worked on these things 
please do mention it in your LinkedIn so that whenever we put a search, your resume comes the first. Uh, and I mean, there are a lot of people who mention, but when your resume comes first, it means that you have marketed enough about your resume. And most important of all, please don't forget to mark yourself as open to work. Uh, I mean, we do reach out to passive candidates, but open to work creates even more a kind of a, a, one, a one level filter where we know that this person is looking out for a change. Uh, so that is something and also visit your LinkedIn profile very frequently. I mean, you can look at other profiles or you can even look at, uh, uh, I mean, other developers who are building their profile on LinkedIn. So I would say, uh, 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 I mean, look at those things also and build your profile. But whatever has come to my mind or whatever I have seen from my experience is what I'm telling you now. So this is how you basically build the profile. And one more thing. Um, Profile photo. So don't have these kind of fancy photos in your LinkedIn. I mean, don't post all those selfie photos. Try to have a kind of a professional photo. I mean, a kind of a HD photo, which is professional. Um, I mean, if, I mean, I would, if you ask me if it creates a kind of a value, not really, but it kind of creates a professionalism because we are a part of a professional network, right? So that is also something. Uh, so I see these are some of the important pointers which I would like to cover. Thanks, thanks. Omar. So for those who are listening, uh, you know, Manoj talks uh, in the angle of uh, developers and developer recruiting because that's that's predominantly his role. Uh, in Amazon, he's, he's, uh, he's a technical recruiter and uh, he was also a technical recruiter at Uber. But uh, he was, he's also hired uh, for a variety of roles like product marketing, product design when he was at Freshwell. So since his current job focuses a lot on developers, but he gives developers and hiring developers as an example. But whatever Manoj has said uh, is applicable to uh, you know all candidates. So that's that's something that I would like to mention here. And uh, Manoj, let's discuss some do's and don'ts. Uh, so what are some of the do's and don'ts that candidates should keep in mind when they talk to uh, when they when they're talking to uh, a HR from a company? Okay, so it is very simple, uh, Karthik. So I mean, do's is if your recruiter has emailed you, I mean, every recruiter, uh, unless and uh, until now, Cree or any other place for that matter, I mean, when we talk on LinkedIn perspective, when a recruiter emails you about an opportunity or when the recruiter emails you about uh, understanding a, a time slot to have a conversation with you, I would basically uh, request all the candidates who get on a call to ensure that that time which you are promising is a kind of a quality time for both of us. So when I say a, a kind of a quality time, ask as much clarifying questions as much as possible because um, I mean, you would have a lot of questions about the location, about the responsibilities, what is something unique when I do, when I get into this role. So there, there are a lot of places where the recruiter might have missed. So if it is a 15 or 20 minutes call, uh, I mean, please focus on the 15 or 20 minutes just about what is the role all about? What is the company all about? And what is it you get when you join the company? Uh, so that is one. And the second thing is a conversation with a recruiter, right? It can become even more exciting when you basically do your research. I mean, at least for me, it has worked in a very, very, uh, I would say in a, in a very great manner. Like I have created my first impression when I talk to a recruiter. So what I basically do is whenever I get an email about a company, I immediately go to LinkedIn. I do a thorough research about what the company is all about, how many people are working there and how many, uh, I mean, uh, what is the founder's background, these kind of things. So when you have this kind of a research done, when even before you get into a call, right? Um, I mean, the understanding on both the places becomes kind of 
uh, a, a kind of a very interesting call it basically becomes because you would have done a research about the company and you would have some questions about the company. So when a recruiter uh, talks about it, when you say, yes, I have done my research and these are some of the questions I, ha I have, then it becomes a kind of a win-win situation for both of us. So these are some of the do's I would uh, ask the candidates to do. And on the other side, don'ts is please don't give binary answers. So when, I, uh, when we ask uh, a candidate, have you got experience in working on uh, your, I mean, what is your experience working on the current project? Please don't have a very short conversation. I would say, since I told previously, it's a 15-20 minute call, you have got all these 15 to 20 minutes to impress the recruiter. So for a recruiter, he should, he or she should feel exciting or confident that I'm processing the right profile or I'm taking the right profile to my hiring manager. So in that 15 or 20 minutes, please don't be very low on energy levels. And if you're really busy with your work, please request an alternate time to call back because you can't multitask. You can't keep working on one hand and talk to the recruiter on the other hand. So this basically might give a feeling that the person is not all that interested to establish a conversation. So uh, I would say avoid giving binary answers. Please uh, give importance to giving kind of showcasing your profile in that 15, 20 minutes, a kind of an elevator pitch is what I would say. And on these on these other don'ts is um, please don't bring monetary benefits as the primary thing whenever you're establishing a connection, right? So I've heard a lot of places where I say that, hey, I'm calling from so-and-so company and this is the role I have. And the person says, what is the budget? See, budget is something which can be discussed through, right? I mean, it, it actually comes as a last part. We do understand that you might have holding, uh, you might have got multiple offers, but hear out what the recruiter has to tell you. Because end of the day, more than the uh, monetary benefits, even though it is important, you have a kind of an interesting role to do with the next company. It might be interesting than the company A to company B. So hear out what the recruiter has to say, and then maybe when we talk about getting few details from you as in your experience, your co compensation, other things. That is when I would request the candidate to come up with the budget or if they have any other offers. Uh, I mean, they can basically talk in detail on the later part of the conversation. And as I mentioned, the most important don't, don't write or mention things that you have never worked on. Okay, and even for a fresher, I'll tell you. Uh, I mean, I came across this incident. I mean, I was interviewing a fresher for a role and he told me that he, I mean, he opened up the conversation stating that he is an he is a very kind of an ardent follower, follower of Swami Vivekananda. So this is how he opened the conversation. Then when I asked him, do you know which, which was, I mean, when was his date of birth? He doesn't know. I mean, he 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 conscious, I mean, he unconsciously said that he wanted to impress the recruiter on the other side but then it did not work out as per the plan. So, and there are a lot of places where a fresher says, I'm interested in reading books. So the recruiter will easily ask, I mean, for a fresher, the recruiter will not have any questions to ask him technically, right? So he might ask, what is the recent book you have read about? And he would not be able to give an answer. So these are some of the places where the candidate easily fails, right? So I would say, don't mention things you have never worked on. Instead, I mean, even for a lateral person, even for a product manager or a designer, or a kind of a product marketer or engineering role, please don't mention what you have never worked on. So what happens is I might be looking at a job description where this is a very kind of a mandatory skill. But on the other hand, if you have just mentioned in your resume and I'm, if I'm unconsciously taking it ahead to the hiring manager, it basically fires back to you and me stating that this person doesn't have any experience and why was I even shared this profile? So this is how it basically ends in. So I would say, 
try to showcase things which you have worked on as much as possible and what is the exposure you have got and things you have not worked on please uh, i mean avoid mentioning it on cv or mention it in a different way i mean if, if your desire is to work in machine learning python or these skills you can basically mention your desire to work in these skills so that the recruiter will know you you are not proficient in it but you are actually learning it so these are some of the do's and don'ts which i would basically say or suggest the candidate to uh, uh, i mean take up with before getting into a call thanks thanks monal thanks for that do's and don'ts i think we both have spoken enough uh, during the session let's let's open up for a few questions uh, munmun uh, uh, had a question so yeah sure hi uh, so uh, my question is that uh, you were talking about linkedin profiles right and uh, how the recruiters usually uh, filter out uh, using linkedin profiles so nowadays i've seen a, a new trend wherein uh, people write a lot of hashtags in their title uh, in the space for titles in the linkedin profiles so they usually uh, write uh, say uh, talks about uh, women uh, security some like any kind of a hashtag talks about uh, product design so like do and then i have seen a lot of candidates who put a lot of hashtags so that is also like it, it just becomes too uh, cumbersome to look at their profile so from a person who's not as uh, not as uh, fresher but like uh, who's looking for a shift a lateral shift do these hashtags really matter from like you know do the recruiters really look at these or is it just for building your network on linkedin that's my question it is actually uh, try i mean kind of building a network on linkedin moment so i mean this is a okay. very good question yeah. because i have also seen this trend hashtags yeah. doesn't create a value for a linkedin profile because hashtags seriously work when you wanted to shout out to a larger audience say for example when you are posting an update on linkedin or twitter some of the hashtags create a kind of a huger noise but for linkedin this doesn't create any kind of a noise if you are mentioning it within your profile Right? right maybe yeah. you can basically tell them that this this he is a product manager who is very active in kind of a product management forum who talks about a lot if he is a design person he would have been a kind of a design speaker in any of the things i mean again right. end of the day yeah. Uh, yeah. i mean design is a keyword for us right design hmm. product design is a keyword for us the hashtag doesn't matter actually okay also uh, i had another question uh, so since like you're talking about linkedin profiles you said that you should write about uh, your uh, major whatever work that you're doing in the title so say i'm pro- i'm working as a project manager right so i'll write project manager or product manager but uh, do the recruiters usually go through the entire profile so i mean it's usually said right that you have to create your linkedin profile according to whatever you have done so all your projects all your awards all your certifications uh even uh, there is that you can endorse people right so like do the recruiters really go in depth when they actually shortlist a candidate and also uh, there are a lot of people who treat linkedin like any other social media platform and post a lot of things like a lot of posts uh people write on it like uh like does that all really matter <laughs> that's my question okay so munmun let me ask you something so are you a recruiter by any chance no 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 i'm not a recruiter i'm okay. i'm uh, so I'm, i will tell you how it works so i mean for you linkedin is a place where you see a lot of post you build a profile and you basically create things so there ends your job basically for a recruiter like like me i have a separate interface called linkedin recruiter okay right so in the linkedin recruiter interface that is where i put all my skills and keywords and other things and i basically get a list of candidates right so to answer your question you need not have a very lengthy description right so what i suggested you 
where you wanted to go so say for example if you wanted to be a part of a growing company or if you have been a part of a growing company how do you base, basically project that so you can mention a kind of a developer i mean an enthusiastic developer or however you want to call building things from scratch or if you are interested in building things from scratch so this creates a value right so we know that you have got that experience and you are passionate about it right certifications is something which you can mention in your certificate i think linkedin has a separate section called certification but in your resume i mean below your profile name you can mention you are a certified ux professional or a certified marketing professional that will not consume too much of space but having said that it need not be lengthy also i mean what are some of your top 3 things or top 2 things which you would like to project so the moment i put a keyword i mean see there are a lot of ways to uh, i would i would say i would need to carry out a separate session for it because there are n number of keywords which i can put to find a profile Okay. okay so to right. give you an example here uh, i mean my if a traditional method for me is find someone working on java or java development or anything if i wanted to filter out candidates who are very active or who are kind of very passionate about coding i basically put as hacker rank or leap code or hackathon these kind of keywords so when you have participated on all those things and we have when you have not mentioned it in your linkedin profile you miss out an opportunity right so i'm telling you about all possible outcomes and say for example when i'm looking at a product manager for a startup and you have worked in a startup but you have not showcased your profile so i was recently looking at a at a at a senior person who is a product managing director but in a headline he has basically told that he has built things from 0 to 1 it is a very very important experience for a startup so you have to build things from zero to one for a startup right because everything starts from the scratch so having said all these things it is not about mentioning the entire summary there but what are some of the top three things which you would like to project uh, about yourself right uh, so you would have won in any kind of hackathon you would have been certified on any important aspects i mean look at the market first what are some of the companies what are their demands i mean if you wanted to go for a product company what are their demands in general if you have all those things or if you are i mean having those kind of certifications i would say like this is how the companies are looking or looking at so let me mention the task my tagline so this is how you basically work backwards and then build a profile i mean building the profile can happen eventually it not need not be a case where today i'm creating a linkedin profile i'm going to mention all these things it it should happen organically where you get enough exposure you look at companies you look at the market and then work backwards and build your profile accordingly so that is what i was trying to tell hi hi manoj uh, thank you so much for uh, sharing your knowledge so i have a couple of questions so when you're starting out uh, as a fresher like how do you find a good company like what are the signs of good company and how do you know like i mean whether you will have a growth in that company you know in terms of like your career as well as like uh, monetary thing like how will you uh, gauge that okay okay sure um so kartik thanks for this question this is one good question uh, which to which has to be answered right so see for freshers there are two things so freshers these days are already aware of companies that are coming up in market but for the companies which they are not aware of or the companies which they don't know so say for example take product companies or product startups here for instance there are n number of platforms right you can basically i mean even a simple google search like top 10 product companies in chennai or top 10 product startups in bangalore will give you an answer but if you are looking at a level above or a layer above this i would say platforms like your story 
So your story is one platform where you regularly get shout outs about the new companies coming up in market, new companies that are rising funds, these things. And there are other in, uh, websites like uh, INC42, it's called Inc42, that is one place. And uh, LinkedIn. So I would say every fresher to register themselves on LinkedIn and build their network. So say, for example, if they wanted to get hired for, say, say you have done your part of research and these are some of the companies which we are looking at, a simple search on LinkedIn will basically give you all the details about the company, like how many people are working, what is the company all about, when did they start, uh, what is the current team size, what, what more details you want, everything is there in LinkedIn. So LinkedIn, Your Story, Inc. 42, these are some of the places where you can and even Crunchbase. So these are some of the places where you can find n number of things about the companies which are coming up in the market, companies that are taking up new initiatives and growing their wing. So these are some of the places I would strongly suggest them because see, Naukri is a place where you register and you just look at the the, the roles which the companies are hiring for. There are a lot of places where they say freshers getting hired in TCS, CTS, Google Forms and all those things. But if you wanted to create a kind of a personal touch, LinkedIn, LinkedIn comes as a top priority. But to get into LinkedIn and connect with the right people, go backwards and look at these places like Crunchbase, Your Story, Inc. 42. And there are n number of places where a lot of uh, discussions happens about startups and product companies and or even as I said a simple Google search about some of the top 10 product companies even I would say Quora has a lot of forums where people debate about some of the top companies which are there presently in market so you have got n number of places once you do your side of research then please come to LinkedIn build a profile and network with those people so that is all you have to do and then the rest will happen I mean it's a kind of a, a, a very a process which uh, I mean it is a kind of a very patient process but you have to trust it I mean when you trust the process and start building your network things will happen provided you also build your profile organically uh, to towards that particular role yeah Manu, thank you thank you and uh, like no I, I was about to ask like is it right or like okay to you know uh, text someone on LinkedIn asking like how's the culture in the company you know details as such like is it okay or like See, culture about the company, I think every company website separately has a tab which talks about their culture. Okay, but okay. I would not say start start talking about your culture. Please start with um, telling that uh, I was looking at your company. I'm pretty much impressed with what you guys do. And then basically tell them you're looking out for a change. So that is how you have to pitch when you are a fresher. Uh, even for a lateral for that matter, uh, uh, culture is something which will eventually cover as a part of the screening process. So when when I, as a recruiter, talk to a candidate, culture basically comes as a part. Or even if I don't cover, the HR business partners who are with the company basically cover all their cultures. So culture is something which can be asked once you get on a call. But to do that kind of an outreach initially, I would not say culture should be asked first. Uh, uh, so that is something. Yeah. Understood. Thank you. Thank you, Manoj. Hi, uh, Manoj. I've been listening to your talk uh, from the beginning. Uh, thank you for sharing all your knowledge here. Uh, just one quick question about this. So, uh, so far from a, a recruiter point of view, uh, you have discussed uh, outbound reach outs. Like uh, you have the recruiters, they reach out to people on LinkedIn or through Nokri, they shortlist a profile on Nokri and then contact the candidate and all that. Uh, my question is, what, what about the uh, inbound uh, candidate reach outs? Uh, could you shed some light on how the hiring process works differently in that way? Um, let's say, for example, uh, someone who is considering a career transition from a certain role to a completely different role in the SaaS industry. Uh, uh, 
how do they go about this entire process could you share your few cents i mean when you say an inbound reach out you would say that you have basically identified a, a company and you are approaching the company right yes 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 okay so i i'm, I'm asking this on behalf of my wife so this could really be used i mean see if you have if you have made a list of all the saas companies which is there in the market and uh, if you are i mean if you wanted to reach out i would say connect with those people on linkedin see the hiring process remains the same right there is no larger difference it's all the same for a recruiter but if you have found that this is kind of an opportunity or if the company is really small i mean it's a very flat hierarchy right i would say you can parallelly reach out to a recruiter and even the founder of the company i believe in right. most of the cases even the founders or the ceos will be very active and they would be looking out for the most promising candidates even right. if the recruiter here misses it out right the founder will basically pass it on and the pro- hiring process becomes very traditional so here on i basically establish a connection with the person understand what they have done what is some of their work they do and we take it up if the if we find that it is a right match for the role but reaching out i would say like if it is a saas startup which you are looking at i would say parallelly reach out to the the leadership people as well as the uh, the recruiters so because i mean from from my experience i have seen a lot of places where the company even functions without a recruiter because they would have found all their people through word of mouth or their personal references so right. in that case you have to directly reach out to the founder itself so that really makes sense right so uh, i i think the the friction occurs only when the company you know has a more complicated uh, hierarchy and there are more people in the company and uh, probably the recruiters inbox is is more chaotic than we expect correct correct yeah i mean like sure. yeah that, that really happens so see, as a recruiter we do miss out reaching out a lot of potential candidates right so mm-hmm. i mean i i mean i would take this forum to accept it there is no doubt in it but that is because we posted i mean when we post a job in one place it gets posted in multiple avenues right today's ats and today's capability capabilities they have they get posted in n number of places and we i mean we get lot of uh, applicants in return and there are a few places where we miss out and even in that case i would say try to send a personalized email to the uh, rec- recruiter on linkedin right. or even mm-hmm. if you find the email send out an email with a resume even if we miss out in your in in the careers thing where you applied for we would surely take a look when you applied on a personal way or even if you reach out to me personally so that is something uh, which can be done in the place of uh, the huge companies where the profile gets unfocused right got it got it thank you thank you manoj yeah thanks vishnu uh, so uh, thanks everyone for joining please share your feedback on all social channels if possible so uh, thank you so much for joining today's uh, session and thanks manoj for answering all the questions and throwing light on the hr process